I'm sitting here on my porch in Las Vegas, and I have to say, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And that's today's topic. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my neighbor? I mow my grass and I paint my house. You never have to worry about my trash. My kids are good. Let me help you out. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Won't you be my neighbor? I started thinking about Snapchat as a neighborhood because of Joe Wilson's Summit Live talk in 2016 about Snapchat being a neighborhood and the people in it being neighbors and the the idea of choosing the neighbors that we want to live among, so to speak. And I think the underlying message there was about being a good neighbor in the sense of friendliness, support, um, fun interactions, um, being casual with one another and uh, being honest and authentic and and that kind of thing. Just uh, creating the environment that you would love to live in in real life. As an architectural sociologist, I'm interested in how the, the design of a space or a place influences our interaction. So that idea of the neighborhood really intrigues me. I wonder how different social platforms lend themselves to neighborly interactions. Does it, you know, do they encourage this behavior or discourage it either purposely or not purposely? And, and what is neighborless, neighborliness anyway? We may have different um, definitions of the word neighborly, but I think in general it's a positive word where you can rely on one another for support. If there's a storm and a tree falls down, maybe your neighbor lends you a, a saw or somebody comes and mows your lawn for you or rakes the snow, or rakes the snow, my God, <laughs> shovels the snow. Um, your neighbors do tend to do these things. Um, so that to me is neighborliness. Uh, when I apply that to the social world, like Anchor, I think of us stopping by each other's stations and saying hello and um, thanking each other for recognition or for introducing a certain topic. Uh, we engage in discussions with, with one another and we're respectful of each other's opinions even when we don't, ag don't agree. So that to me is the neighborliness I'm thinking of. And some of us are funny, some of us are silly, some of us are serious, some of us are religious, some of us are political, and somehow we manage to interact in an uh, agreeable manner. <laughs> Okay, that's neighborliness. And I would love to see that on my social media platforms. However, I've noticed, and I'm sure you have, that certain platforms tend to lend themselves to less than neighborly behavior. And also, we have the choice, more so on some platforms than others, to restrict our so-called neighbors. So there's, a, um, there's also a third thing where... Um, together, people and the platform create this new thing that the creators of the platform probably did not envision. So there's those three factors, the, the platform itself, 
the people who use them and the new thing that's created when those two elements come together. So the question is, of all the platforms, the popular platforms that are out there, which would you say is the most neighborly? I'm going to start with Facebook. I think Facebook is the trickiest neighborhood, if you want to call it that. We'll call them all neighborhoods. It's the trickiest neighborhood to negotiate. Um, those people, I, I would not choose them as my neighbors. You know why? Because Facebook has people from my work, people from, I don't know, groups I've belonged to, people from different social media platforms that I've gotten to know, people that I went to high school with and college. And I'm not saying I don't like those people, but I don't necessarily want them all in my personal life. You know, there's things that I separate. So Facebook also is full of people who will air their dirty laundry. See, once you start to mix your work and your home, things start happening that we shouldn't know about. I get to hear you rant about your job, and then I get to hear the drama between you and your spouse or your partner. Um, friendships that dissolve. I have to choose sides because I'm friends with both of you. I don't want to live like that. <laughs> I don't want my social media like that, and I wouldn't want my physical neighborhood to be like that. So Facebook, as a neighborhood, is a fail. It's a fail. <laughs> Let's move on to Instagram. Instagram, I, I think Instagram is probably one of the most friendly platforms I've ever been on. And I think because of that, it probably makes the best neighborhood. However, I also don't know these people very well. So many people on Instagram will favorite what you've said or heart it because you've hashtagged it with a topic that they're interested in. So you're automatically usually attracting people who agree with you. And of course, you're going to like these, you know, views because they are reflecting your own. Do I want to live in a neighborhood where it's only people that I barely know but who like everything I like? I, I guess, but that would make kind of a boring neighborhood. <laughs> I mean, I, I like variety. Now, I'm, I'm happy with Instagram. I'm glad that I get so much support there. I feel like, I mean, there's times when I post something and by the end of the day, I have much more support on there than I do on Snapchat. But the quality of that support is very much based on people agreeing with a snap or with a um, hashtag that I've put, and there's no substance beyond that. So, I don't know, is that neighborliness? I would say no. That's just being friendly and, you know, and acknowledging something. That's all you're really doing is acknowledging a picture or a saying or a recipe or something like that. Um, so if you want that kind of support, if you want to be recognized or have your post recognized by like-minded people, I think Instagram is awesome. I have not seen a way to, um, you know how you can retweet uh, on Twitter or repost on Facebook. I don't find that to be as easy on Instagram. You can follow different people, but I don't know how I would easily repost what somebody else posted. Do you guys know? Anyway, I like Instagram a lot. I do feel that there's a lot of people out there who feel the same way I do and, and provide um, posts about things that I'm interested in. So I do learn a lot and I meet some really cool people that way. 
and that in and of itself does you know support the idea of neighborliness but like i said um actual interaction tends to be friendly and shallow <laughs> is that good or bad depends on who you are the jury is out for me as far as living in the instagram neighborhood i'm, I'm kind of leaning towards a yes though all right we've moved on to twitter twitter as a neighborhood twitter is probably the most like a real life neighborhood because you really can't control who lives in a neighborhood you can't ignore everybody uh i would spend all day blocking people on twitter if i could the reason i'm on twitter though is because i do want to see what a whole lot of different people are thinking about a whole lot of different topics i don't want my social media channels to reflect only me. Otherwise, I'm never going to, to grow or to learn. On the other hand, I don't enjoy trolls. I don't like it when people post provocative things just to be mean and cruel and nasty and have nothing intelligent to back up what they've posted. That kind of thing is annoying. It's like graffiti. And I don't know, you know, that as far as neighborliness goes, I would say there's not a lot of neighborliness on Twitter, not natively. I, I think Twitter has become a one-to-many broadcasting channel where people post, but they're not really prepared for interaction. And Twitter doesn't really create a platform that's easy for ongoing interaction. Same with Instagram. I, there's, it's not really easy to establish a, a long-term back-and-forth relationship the way Facebook is designed. So, you know, the architecture really does impact the type of relationship you have with people. Twitter, people tend to come and go also. The, your, your account will just kind of lie fallow for a while and then maybe you might pop back on and then be gone for another year or so. <laughs> maybe it's the uh, vacation home. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I would, I, w I would not, I wouldn't want to live in the Twitter neighborhood because of the lack of control over who I interact with. But I do appreciate the fact that there are so many different voices out there. Do I like Twitter? I don't like it the way I used to. When Twitter first came out, um, well, I joined nine years ago. And even at that point, people were still interacting. We, we, had, we used hashtags to find one another and we commented on what each other said, we knew each other, and then when it began to change into more of a broadcasting, you know, blog type thing, and less interaction, I, it, I was really turned off by it. So now I'm back with a new mindset, understanding what the platform presents, and it's not the neighborhood I would live in, like I said, but I appreciate it for what it does offer. And um, I guess I'll, I'll be sticking around. I use it mainly for um, the same reason other people use it, to advertise. I advertise my, um, my platform here on Anchor. I retweet information. I um, criticize Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, I talk about uh, the things that are important to me. And I find like-minded people and interact with them on other platforms. Now this brings me to Snapchat, my favorite platform, and to me the most reflective of Joe Wilson's idea of the neighborhood. For me, Snapchat is the neighborhood I would live in. 
I love the people that I interact with there. I look forward to seeing them every day. Uh, watching their snaps, it's like visiting them in their home or stopping by their job for lunch. That's the way I feel about uh, Snapchat, the Snapchat community that I've built. And so that's what Joe's talking about, where you can choose who you interact with, leave out the people you don't want to, and uh, and create the neighborhood that you want. Of course, that does make it the most unlike a real neighborhood, right? Because you can't do that in the real world. Um, Twitter, like I said before, is more like a real neighborhood, full of um, all sorts of people, some that you wouldn't want to interact with in real life. So with Snapchat, um, I do tend to include people just like Anchor, that I don't agree with necessarily because I do want that diversity. I'm not a religious person, but there are religious people on my anchor feed, for example, um, because I don't have anything against religion. I'm just I just don't believe in all the, um, you know, the same things that a lot of deeply religious people believe. But that doesn't mean I don't respect their right to believe that and can't learn anything from them. So being able to choose those kind of people and have them in my feed is important to me. I could make Snapchat a very combative and unpleasant experience just as easily as I can make it a friendly one just by the people that I choose. So I appreciate the ability to choose on Snapchat. So of all of them, Snapchat represents the neighborhood I would most love to live in in real life. I truly would look forward to seeing the people on my feed every day. So now it's your turn. Of all the social media platforms that you belong to and of the communities that you've built on each one, which one of those would you like to live amongst if all those community members could live around you in real life? Which one of those would represent the neighborhood you would enjoy living in the most? Feel free to call in. I would love to hear your feedback and tell me why each platform uh, is your favorite or least favorite. Hi, Allison. It's Monica from In The Mix. And I just wanted to call in regarding your question about what social media platform would I, um, as a neighborhood, live in? Um, I, I definitely, it's it's going to be rare, but Tumblr, I know, I know. Nobody really uses Tumblr like that. But it's one of those that has stayed kind of true to what it has always been um it hasn't really changed you find a lot of varied things beautiful pictures um funny posts that come from really smart things and it's just all over um and encompasses a lot of things instagram would have been one of my other choices but it has changed um, from when I remember its inception, it has become that neighborhood where you first lived in and said you need to move because it became a bad neighborhood. Just saying. Now, the way you spoke about the communities on social media and how they are neighborhoods was it just was a it made me look at the, the, the apps I use in a different way every single day. And the way you spoke about Facebook. Although I am comfortable there amongst friends and family, I would not want to live amongst them. <laughs> not like that. So I think for me, honestly, honestly, Anchor is where I would want to live. It's where I do live. Um, because, like you said, the drawback of Instagram is the hashtags. Of course, you can find stuff you're interested in. It's easy to do it. But 
That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be interested in the people that post that stuff. Here on Anchor, I'm interested in the people, not necessarily the topics at times. Is Are they effective at speaking what it is they want to speak about, and do they have personality and flair when they do it? And I find that here on Anchor.